Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps—you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, this is Kevin David Thomas, and this is Rob Schneider, and you, no, no, Rob, let's together. So Kevin and I have to share a mic today because we're too cheap to buy a fourth mic because we've got two guests with us today, which is so exciting. Huzzah! But every time Kevin and I are going to kiss at some point, it's going to be very awkward. I don't know how you're going to explain this to your wife. <laughs> no tongue, please. Just happened at work.、Point. Just happened at work. I don't know. We're just two guys. Just two guys chilling. I don't know. We were sharing a mic, talking about musicals. Next thing you know, we were fucking. I don't know why. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> that went from like zero to a hundred. <laughs> we, we like we like to accelerate here. We like to accelerate. Oh my God! Go ahead. Why don't you introduce our guest today? So you have the mic for a little bit. No, no, you go. Okay. So a while back, I got an email. Um, Because you know, I teach at Penn State University, saying、uh, we want musical theater students to take a survey for this new publication.、And、I was like, "What is a new publication? What is this thing?"、Yeah. And it was for Musical Theater Today. If you don't know what Musical Theater Today is, you will by the end of this episode. But it is a fantastic, fantastic. I want to call. I really want to call it a. Book, but are you okay if I call it a book? It's a book. Yeah, it's a book. Yeah, okay, yeah. it's it's a really fantastic book that is pretty much discussing what is going on. Once again, like the title says, in musical theater today. But I mean, from all aspects, we're talking acting, directing, writing, publicity, musical composition, casting, diversity in casting. This book, you have to buy it. I, I cannot tell you. I have devoured it. Kevin has tried to steal mine on many occasions. Yeah, we were recording a, my favorite things, that, and I, I, I spied this book, and I thought. Rob, what is this book that I've never seen before? What is this periodical of articles of all these people that I've heard of? And I was transfixed by it, to say the least.、You're, so everyone is going to want to buy a copy. But first, let me introduce you to the two gentlemen that are working on this and that have created this. Their names are. Hold on, I got it. I want to watch because like. Okay. Oh God, Lucas. Lucas. Lucas Syed. Is that the?、Yep. Is, okay, but the、yeah. middle name Lucas because I'm、yeah. really bad. Tahir Zaman. Beautiful. Say it again for me. Lucas Tahirazaman Syed. God, I'm. So, I, I, I don't want to fuck up your name, Lucas. I'm so insecure. That's and, all right. I'm not precious about it. And Ben, I can say Van Buren, but I'm going to fuck it up just so Lucas feels good. That's Ben. Yeah, that's right. That's great.、Ben、awesome. That's how he says it. Okay,、yeah. great. But Lucas and Ben, what have you created here, and why did you decide to set out to create this? 
All right. Well, I mean, I'm a. I'm this a, is Lucas, by the yeah, way, sorry, speaking. This is Lucas, yeah. Um, I'm a musical theater composer of sorts, but I came into the musical theater writing world kind of through the back door. I mean, BMI is definitely not the back door; it's the front door. But you know, I went to school. And, and what for, is BMI for? It's the for, it's the BMI Lemon Angle Musical Theater Workshop. It's a musical theater writing workshop that's been kind of an industry standard yeah. uh, incubator for new writers. It's like the seventies. Seventies, yep. Say? Yeah. Uh, and, and we do interview Pat Cook and Rick Fryer in the book yeah. to talk oh. about the existence and future of the workshop. Yeah, we've yes. got a, a really good uh, con- kind of comprehensive history yeah. of the workshop in there because it is an important New York thing and it's inspired a lot of similar uh, places over the years. Um, so uh, continue. So, so, sorry. Yeah. so you know, I went to, I went to new school and I studied literature and music and I was very much an academic. That's always been a huge part of my background. I was yeah. an art history major for a while, um, and but I left a lot of that to follow my interest in music. And BMI was really when I first got involved in musical theater writing in earnest. Um, so for me, it's only natural that this. Endeavor is an intersection of my work as a composer and my interest in academics, wanting to have this kind of material and discourse out in the music theater world. And Michael John Lacuse's 2005 article, The Great Grey Way, that was published in Opera News, was a huge inspiration to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right the year before I moved to New York, um, I got my hands on the Bernarda Alba cast recording. Which, oh, I saw that show, yep, yes. I'm, which I'm obsessed with. It remains one of my absolute favorite scores of all time in any medium. So complex. So complex. and so, But also just so attentive to yeah. the world, just so precise. It's mm-hmm. just, it's so motivated. And, but, and through that, I just discovered his work, and then I discovered this article, and then I moved to New York, and I was, I've been thirsting for that kind of intelligence mm-hmm. and erudition mm-hmm. in the musical theater world. Not that it's not there, it's just like, I want that platform. But it's not there as much as other art forms. Other art forms have been yeah. treated with so much respect and reverence for so many years, and we don't really have a lot of in- intellectual publications that are probing musical theater because it gets dismissed so much, I feel, in academia. For sure. Yeah, I mean, my background's a little bit in, uh, is in dance, really, and is in performance studies a little bit. And I lived and worked in Brussels for a couple years in Belgium, and there was quite a healthy publishing tradition around the dance context there. So coming back to the States after some time over there and being good friends with Lucas, it... How did you guys meet? I'm sorry we to interrupt you. No, okay, fine. cool. Yeah, yeah. School buddies. Um, yes. We met at New School, and it just made sense that we would end up making a book about musical theater together. I, huh. it, we were just texting on the bus one day, and this was born, and nine months later it existed. Uh, and I had taken done some work starting to move into publication design and to publication more generally. And it just made perfect sense that we would make a 480-page trade paperback crammed full <laughs> of uh, musical theater today. So... That's how it started. Uh, <laughs> let's. Oh, we're gonna. Yeah, oh, no, so sorry. Yeah, I was gonna describe a little bit of the book. Do I, 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 you have a website or yeah, musicaltheatertoday.com, and that is spelled with an E R, friends. Uh, sorry to all of yes. you R E people out there. No disrespect is intended. No, I think it's my not. northeastern roots. <laughs> it's, but. The long, it's the long um, question of what yes. are we? Is it a place or is it an art form? And I, I, I usually do RE, but that's I, I I'm still buying the book, We're and I understand why. Yeah. I understand why. So may I ask you a couple of questions about sure. about this? I mean, I yeah. hope that's why you're here today. <laughs> yeah. Or we can talk about something else no, if you don't want to talk no, about please. your book. Um, the book is absolutely loose, absolutely fascinating. So the idea is that it's going to be an annual publication. Is that right? And so this one is our 2016 to 2017. Is that correct? Yep. So when is the second one going to come out? Well, June of next year is sort of the short answer. Yeah, the, uh, roughly the beginning of the summer is when we'd like to have mm-hmm. an issue out per year. Great. How many articles are in this current one? Oh, my gosh. There's 
46 contributors. I believe it shakes down to, yeah. 38 articles are in this, yeah. Are, are you okay if I just pick a couple at random and we can discuss what their subject matter yeah, is in the yeah. genesis? There are really three types of content in there, I'll just yeah. say. There's, yeah, please. There are um, interviews. Uh-huh. Which are which are ranged from, as you said, people all over the industry on all in all different ways. Which we uh, conducted our, ourselves. Which you said, yeah. yeah. Um, there are script and score excerpts, uh, which are extremely fresh donuts. Let's say, I mean, these are people who, before they were even announced to be the um, artists in residence at Lincoln Center this season, had submitted some work to us. We're very grateful to have some, something like that. Oh. Um, and then there are editorials of all sorts of textures, stuff that ranges from academic with you know citation and really thoroughly critical and researched to more just off the cuff thoughts and feelings about the form. Great. Um, so I'm going to pick a couple of articles here at random so we can discuss them a little bit. One of the ones I found most sat- satisfying um, and really fascinating was it's called Paul Ryan Selfie or Broadway. Yep. Um, would you be so kind as to discuss a little bit about what this article is? And, and the contributor is uh, Luis Mora. Is that yep. right? Luis. Um, Luis, sorry. Yep. I'm, I'm literally no looking, worries, because Kevin and I are sharing a mic, I'm literally looking at the book on a diagonal while still trying to speak into the mic. So my apologies. But tell us a little bit about uh, the book, the, the chapter Paul Ryan's Selfie, or Broadway, which I was thought was so interesting. Well, Louise is one of two uh, contributors who talks really uh, explicitly about uh, race representation, mm. mostly in casting, but also in creative teams and the presence of casting directors of color and how that there's this trickle-down effect that just the optics of Broadway tend to be... I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I yeah. think you just hit on something really important, which you said casting directors of color. Yeah. We really have a discussion more about artists of color on stage, but yeah. we never talk about the people that are employing yep. them to begin mm-hmm. with. And there are really not a lot of casting directors of color. No, there are no casting directors of color writers of color, you yeah. know, direct, you know, it's, it's, you know, the, for the audience, it's the visibility thing. Like, for example, you know, when I went to see the, the production of a trip to Bountiful, mm. you know, there was this, you know, fantastic turnout from a community that doesn't always show up for the Broadway shows. And right. or at least in my experience, going to Broadway for, you know, 11 years of living in New York. And, um, yeah, the Paul Ryan selfie or Broadway is really just about the, like I said earlier, the optics of, the Broadway show and that situation and being attentive to diversity and casting, not only, I don't know, sorry, you picked this up for me. So no, yeah, I'm like, it's, it's like a big thing. I'm, I'm thinking about North Shore and I'm like, my head's getting cluttered. Oh, but like, yeah. yeah. No, that's it. And there's please, a piece please throw out whatever by, you um, want. Yeah, there's a piece in there by Lauren Villegas as well, which is explicitly about, about um, Evita. Yeah. Uh, and it is extra- extraordinarily prescient. She's been somebody who's been in the news recently, written up in, written up in the Boston Globe and on her Playbill. And Lu- her and Louise in tandem actually are the two names that are kind of spearheading yeah. all of this stuff with North Shore. Oh, okay. Okay, and is this? Um, I'm so sorry. Do you mean a, a previous Avita besides this one? Because there was a, this happened at USC last year. The same thing that's happening at North Shore now happened at US, USC last year. So I was wondering, but no, that's something else altogether. This no, is the while, new one. Okay. Well, while, while how sad of, is that that this is the, this is the new misstep as opposed misstep, to the old sure. misstep? Okay. The way that their articles work in tandem is that Louise is open. It, it, Louise really sort of opens that topic for discussion, and then Lauren's article. And this is just great how they were submitted separately, but they work together so well. Lauren's article is specifically about casting the show Evita right now. And, you know, obviously we can't revise the fact that Patty Lapone and Manny Patinkin, amazing people, were in this show. But the right. nowadays, if you cast that, you would expect, you know, that you wouldn't even consider that for that story. Right. You know? Exactly. So, or most people wouldn't. No, yeah. And so. it's the evolution of, yeah. of theater. It's the way it should be going. I mean, this... 
Um, I mean, we can talk about this subject all day. Unfortunately, we could be talking about it all day. Mm. Um, the articles that you cultivate, do you give your contributors any sort of guidance? Do you say, by the end, I want the reader to feel this way or that way? Or, did you, or do you even throw a topic at them? Or do you just say, what are you interested in writing? How does that work? How do you get a contributor in there? We try to make as much noise as possible uh, with the call for submissions, really with the, the goal of just bringing as many voices of many different textures as possible into the publication. So we were very interested in having um, academic work as well as short, grittier, um, almost exclamatory snippets. So there's all sorts of stuff in there. Ed Weissman has a piece in there that goes from Trump to the French-Canadian French fry dish poutine. Via Putin. Via Putin. <laughs> yep. Uh, to musical theater today. And it, it, I think it's fantastic. So yeah, I mean, She's actually working on a long-form thing, he told us in the BMI workshop on oh, Monday. There we go. That yeah, is some inside that, baseball. So. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> so what I didn't realize is that you set out to... You did not take these articles from other periodicals. No. You, yeah. you, you commissioned them almost. No, most, to, most to of, most of this is... And it was a mixture of some. Sometimes we were approaching people and saying, like, "Hey, um, you know, via my friend Paul Libman, I was like, I want to talk to your friend David Hudson, who you work with uh, at, at the regional theater circuit, writing original shows that are premiering in regional theaters right. and focusing the work there. Like, I'd love to have a piece by him. Yeah. You know, so we did a mixture of curating and just yeah, having an open call, and that was really great to be, you know, to be reaching outside of." my own one degree of separation yeah. around me. You know, that was... Yeah, and we're absolutely thrilled by existing this year and having met the community that we've been able to interact with, and we're so excited for the next yeah. issue. We hope that everybody who listens to this will feel invited. I mean, really, Musical Theater Today is a 480-page space that I would love to see everybody in mm -hmm. um, and discussing and bringing these different traditions and these different uh, practices that all fly under the form of musical theater into a place to, to find agreement and to find disagreement. Right. You know, I think, we, I think it's important to have that space in a physical object that doesn't slip away so easily. Indeed. It's been and, a pleasure. And having the discussion, to Absolutely. create a discussion, yeah. to create mm -hmm. opinions and thoughts and make people actually think a lot. And it's also been important for us to do it in a non-commercial space. No one is talking to us with like nothing in it. Mm -hmm. it none of the interviews especially were ever felt like they were about publicity. Right. And there's no advertising. Yeah. that. Yeah, that's for you, Kevin. <laughs> yep. Now I'm I'm going to just bring this up to our listeners because my jaw hit the floor when I asked you guys this question the first time. How much does the book cost to purchase? The book costs twenty five dollars. Uh, you can find it at the Drama Bookshop, which is a favorite. Obviously, you can yeah. also find it on Amazon.com. I honestly thought they meant to say one hundred and twenty five dollars. I'm being I'm being dead serious no, because I mean this publication is. Uh, thank you for doing it for an affordable rate so students can purchase it and poor people like Kevin and myself can purchase it as well. Um, there is no reason why you should not have this book on your shelf. It is affordable and it's fantastic. I want to talk about a couple of more articles in here that I was really, really fascinated by. Um, where do I find that music building the digital storefront for our new writers? Tell us a little bit about this because I haven't really seen this covered anywhere before either. So... I'll start, and then you yeah. can pick it up. because you, you, yeah. um, So Dave and Laura, David Sisko and Laura Joseph are absolutely fantastic individuals who are running Contemporary Musical Theater, R-E, um, <laughs> dot com, which is a website where you can pay uh, buy a membership, basically. And they have a great new book out, too. And they do, oh, yes. Okay. They have a plug, plugging their book. Absolutely. Go to their website, check out their blog, check out their book. Um, and at, on that website, you can get new music for your book. And you can get new music for your book from people who are writing very much today. And those writers receive 100% of the proceeds. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 
It's also one of the most exciting things uh, about it, I think, for performers as well, is that a you are you're having you're getting access to, and it's it's on a subscription basis. But once you're in, you have all this access, and you often have a direct access line to the writers. Right. If you need a, if you need it dropped down a key, you need to put up a key. If you have questions about character, questions about context, questions about um, ideas for how to make it into an eight or sixteen bar cut, um, that that putting the writers in touch with the people who are going to be representing their music remotely. And it's a great way for writers to get themselves out there, and it's a great way for people auditioning to surprise casting directors and the people on the other side of the table with material they've never seen before, which is often a better way to actually perceive the performer when you have a clean slate. For students, too, it's a fantastic resource. Um, Because I would say... in general, if you're listening to this as a BFA student or someone aspiring to be a BFA student of musical theater, something like David and Laura's book or the Contemporary Musical Theater blog, it's, it's just filled with excellent advice as to how best to navigate audition circuits, programs, standing, getting in the room, being a part of a, of a process. I, I think it's just a great resource for that. And I, I'll say just too, the book for us is something that I think we wish we could have had as, as students. It's really, it's, it's, it's compiled, not explicitly with that in mind, but certainly looking over it, we think it's a fantastic resource for BFA students and we hope they'll feel invited to check it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I myself have you know, in moments when I'm, you know, integrating a bunch of dialogue into an existing song of mine, as I was doing recently, I just grabbed the book to be like, how does Timothy Wong handle this? You know, like yeah, looked indeed. at the, the sheet music as like a template for formatting, right. you know. I think what's great about it, because it is all separate articles that you don't have to read it, you can read it page to page, but you can also just pick it up like you pick up a magazine, you can pick it up and just read some articles that feel mm-hmm. pertinent, that feel important to read right now. Uh, and that's, I think, and, and I like that the look of it is not, uh, for those of you who are out there listening, there's pictures, there's there's different little aspects of it that, that keep the eye excited. I love how it, the, you're like, which way do I turn it? Do I turn it this way or do I turn it like a calendar? Uh, but I, I think that it, it no, I'm mean, there's little things like that make me Rob got Rob laughed at me and I got a little self conscious. No, I'm happy that you're happy. <laughs> it does. It, when I found it in Rob's room, I was I was yes, I was very excited, um, <laughs> as you can tell. Um, go. Oh. Um, what do you think the biggest thing the two of you have learned by putting this book together? Oh my goodness, you start. Um, I, I've learned that uh, transcribing is really intense. <laughs> <laughs> transcribing music? Transcri- no, no, transcribing, transcribing, transcribing a two-hour interview. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a meditation and a kind of patience that I don't think yep. either of us knew we had. Yeah. <laughs> it, was really, it was really cool. I mean, I, I love the fact that we, like, we were really scrappy about it this year. We just did the whole thing ourselves. It was yeah. so satisfying. Um, but the uh, biggest thing that I learned was that the industry is, I've always known that the industry is obviously so much more than Broadway, but just the the sheer depth and diversity of the goings on everywhere and the passion everywhere, like a really surprising aspect of our interview when we interviewed Michael Mott and his mentor, Frank Wildhorn, of interviewing Frank was just him talking so much about how robust of a life his work is having in China and in outside Japan. of Broadway. Yeah, Broadway. and it's and he's yes. so happy doing money. it and yes. he's making kinds of he's actually making kinds of work and adapting properties that the West that I would just never even have Think a chance to, to necessarily see, see in the yeah. West. And some of them might, you know, and it's just it's so cool. You know, so just that that effortless diversity mm-hmm. is actually it's there. Like it's just there. And it's interesting that that's not always what you perceive when you walk down 45th Street and look at the Marquise, you know? And, and well, funny is I, I believe that 
regional theaters, universities across the United States that aren't in New York City, I imagine would read this feeling a closer connection to what is the pulse of what musical theater is. That's That to me is what's going on in this book, is that it's giving a pulse to where musical theater could be going, or at least raising those discussions. And the fact that you include music in, in snippets of, of actual sheet music and all that is for, you know, uh, those of us who can't go to the Nymph Festival or whatever, Music Festival or whatever new work is being done at the, you know, York or wherever, mm-hmm. but it gives you a, a, an insider's look at who are the people talking, yeah. who are the players of this, this year, you know? And I, I don't know, I think that you're going to get a lot of people across the country and the world, perhaps, that are want to feel a part of it. You know, and, and and you're interviewing a lot of uh, older people, young people, you know, across the board. So I think it's it's the pulse of where musical theater is heading. Well, and God bless YouTube too. You know, anyone buying the book, um, no matter where you are, you can probably experience a really good performance of most of the work excerpts we have. The sheet music, it's right on YouTube. Right. You know, just great. Yeah, it's great for everybody. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, what do you hope is going to be in the second edition of this? What, do you, what, do you, what, would, what would you like to... What have you learned that you'd like to alter or edit or change? I took that last question. I'm sorry. Sure, no, yeah, yeah, I'll dive in. No, uh, I think talk, 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 talk. Talk amongst yourselves. Um, yeah, the next issue is more of the same, I think, and I, I think we're just going to take what we learned and get better at it. We're, we're interested in expanding our editorial team. We're interested in finding ways in which the publication can, yeah, have more people behind it, have more people involved in it. Um, and but I think the content, the kinds of content that are in there, at this stage at least in our first editorial meetings, more or less the same. Interviews we think are really important to get that tone of voice, absolutely, from people all over the map. Um, really granular examples of scripts and of scores, how, how many exactly and of what length, that's a, that's a question mark right now, but also very important. And absolutely, more long-form writing. I'm, I'm personally am really interested in uh, more long-form prose writing, uh, work that is critical, is researched, may or may not be academic capital A, but mm-hmm. I would really just like to push that spectrum. Uh, further and go from the really blippy, quick editorials, excellent, to the longer work, yeah. also excellent. And we have, there's a, a piece in there right now, the to circle back, the BFA student survey. To me, the, the industry of the BFA program in the United States of America is massive. Uh, they contribute an unbelievable amount of energy and momentum to this form. I am very interested, and this is really me speaking for my, myself now, of creating a space uh, in which those students who are young, 18 to 22 is a really sort of vulnerable time, Mm -hmm. uh, to not only feel like they have a place, but to have a place where they can test their voice 
right. and understand and sort of have this reflective moment of realizing that they are part of this beautiful big thing yeah. that is musical theater and that doesn't necessarily end at Broadway but has lives, like Lucas said, all over the world right. and in extraordinarily different, diverse contexts. Yeah. So... I think for me, it's, it's about this intergenerational connection. Yeah. The Michael Mott, Frank Wildhorn interview is very, very interesting in that way um, to see that there is in this form this tradition of you know, passing knowledge down, but also this uh, institutional look at schools. I'm really interested in looking at schools right. more. And also for, for the student and the aspiring performer professional, just representing, and even for me as a composer, like one of the most um, between, sorry, backing up, um, different ways to approach the career that are not necessarily in the public eye. Like we have this mm-hmm. great interview with this cruise ship performer, Elizabeth Sauter, who's doing this amazing work on cruise ships. Some of my favorite and pictures in the publication are of Liz on stage in this. Yeah. They're, they're very good. Amazing. <laughs> some Sorry, amazing, radio. amazing no. moments of humor And that was the point of us doing the podcast uh, traditionally is that we wanted people to see that there are so many different paths right. in this business yeah. that you can take. And it's like she's, you know, she's, she's got this great and super sober plan as a performer to come back into the New York City scene more solidly when she's a little bit older doing the kind of because she knows what role she wants she knows what he wants out of her career meanwhile she's sustaining herself more than sustaining herself working in the state-of-the-art theaters with every combination of instrumentation click tracks mm-hmm. backing vocal tracks everything you know she's so prepared mm-hmm. to walk onto a state-of-the-art stage whenever she needs to you know that's not necessarily that's that's a huge amount of experience that you might not think of as a performer, right. you think you just want to be in shows, you want to be in a show, but that versatility with the actual hardware that you're using to execute your performance, mm-hmm. that's invaluable. Yeah. Um, so the survey, like we said, circling back to it, I want to read to you some of the, may I, may I read some of the oh, statistics? Yeah. We love the survey. We love the survey. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for this, Kevin? I'm ready. You're going to have to guess for me. Oh, I think it's on. Oh, okay. I know the okay. So over the next five years... Do you expect musical theater to become more or less popular in the United States? How many do you think said more popular? I need a percentage. What percentage out of 100? High. It's going to be high. I want to say like 75. 86.3. Yes, even better than I wanted it to be. That's even better. (laughs) It makes me so happy. (laughs) This is a really interesting one. Would you drop out of your BFA program if you booked a professional gig that required you to do so. So once again, would you drop out of your BFA program if you booked a professional gig that required you to do so? What is the percentage that said yes? Ooh, that's a really good question. Because you didn't say Broadway show. It was a professional show. Yeah. So, yeah. oh man, how many? I'm, I, dum, I, dum, dum, I'm so dum, curious dum, of the answer dum. to this. I would guess. think it's higher than I want it to be. I'm going to say it's like 60%. Who said, oh God. 38.8 because good. Good. because no 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 wait hold on don't stay don't drop out of school 48.8 said not sure oh, oh you look so disappointed <laughs> stay in school kids <laughs> uh. what do you feel is the most important criteria in auditions what do you feel is the most important criteria in auditions good now question. now hold on we have options oh, oh okay vocal technique mm. dance technique mm. look mm connections mm. or other other you're so good ding 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 <laughs> ding 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 ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and some of these other things are really interesting they yeah, say I, acting mm-hmm. um, 
So, oh, this person, wow, they, this person says, I think it's really an amalgamation of all of these things. So I think the most important criteria in an audition is just being able to be yourself and represent the work that you are capable of oh. to the best of your ability on that day. <laughs> yep. Can that person come teach my class? Oh, Amen. That's, so that's what I love is that we're, we're also, we're working in a situation where we can publish yeah. a list of all the other things that people wanted to yeah. write. You know, we don't just have to publish the charts. <laughs> you know, I mean, one of my favorite things in there was that, you know, we have the the diversity in people's reply to what is their favorite show. Also, the discrepancy to what is your favorite show and what was the first show you saw. Uh -huh. There's just a lot of evolution of taste right. implied in the discrepancies between those two answers. Um, but yeah, that only between over 150 students, the highest number that a show was said was seven times. So that's some crazy diversity, oh, you know. Yeah. And and there's there's one student out there who says Grand Hotel is their favorite show, and I just winner, makes me winner. so happy. Winner, yes. <laughs> <You indeed. know? laughs> oh yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm looking right now. What is your favorite musical? I mean, I'm seeing a lot of chorus lines, a lot of... Oh, wait a minute. Parade and Ragtime. Oh, you know how I can tell this was wow. done last year? I don't see a Hamilton on here. Is there not? Oh, one Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, this person got an advance. This person saw it off Broadway. got very excited. <laughs> yeah. Ordinary Days is on here. Mm -hmm. This is awesome. Oh, Kevin Kiss of the Spider Woman. Oh, my Aww. God. This is me. Too many to choose from in all caps. Yep. <laughs> is, Violet, is Violet there, Damien? Oh, oh yay! One, one person put one. Violet. Yeah, violet. Yes. Yep. You and me, kiddo. Oh God, Whoever amazing. that is. Amen. Nice. Um, all right. So, um, what you told us what we can look forward to in the second one, which is going to be published in June of 2018. Yep. Is that correct? Um, is this available in electronic form yet, or do you think that maybe one day it might be on a Kindle? One day, not now, but maybe one day. Yes, absolutely. As soon as possible. We're working on it right now, actually. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we're excited about that. Yeah. I hate to push you guys, but it's such a great book. Maybe biannually? Twice a year? Well, I really it, like it. What do you want from me? Slippery slope till monthly. I mean, day, like, I listen, think. if I, I mean, <laughs> I, I said bed, but we were in one of, one of our, some of the crunchiest of the crunch time. We were just really in the thick of it, getting the, dra the first complete design draft of it together. I said, you know, if this could be my full-time job, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we get that. I feel that. Well, as an artist right now, too, I, I find it to be one of the most immediately satisfying ways that I can participate in the industry right now, personally. Yeah. What do you hope a reader takes away after their first encounter with this book? After they've read it, what do you hope they take away from it? No matter who you are, I hope you take away... A sort of relaxing sense that all things are possible in this form, that there are no rules, mm. uh, that we don't need to feel the need to gravitate to any particular professional scene, but that there are opportunities out there for anybody willing to do work and to enjoy the form. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would just like to remove the anxiety. Yeah. I think it's just there to say that we're celebrating this form. It's got problems. In its contemporary expression, it's, there are certainly people with differing points of view, but it, the discussion is there and it's ready to be had and I think it could be productive, so mm -hmm. I think that. Uh, the a little more stoic other side of that, um, <laughs> I, I also think like that, yeah, it, it, there are a lot of calming lessons that we learned that it's like, it's like, okay, go forward and make your work. But there are also a lot of, there are a lot of anecdotes and just explicit statements there that really would have changed if I, was exposed to this content in my early 20s. It really would have changed my perspective 
about what success means mm. and where success is found. Amen. Um, Sarah Wordsworth interview about um, the process of in transit, right. um, which was a very lengthy process. Very lengthy process. To get to Broadway at least, and all the all the way up and down, and just you know. Um, she speaks very candidly about some of the things about what act- what actually it is to have your show on Broadway for her experience and um, and it was it's this great experience but it's not she says she says it's not a golden ticket mm-hmm. you know um, and it's that's on Broadway right now and all I really want is is for that to be like the idea of your show on Broadway for that to be decentralized right. in the minds of artists right. and to have it really just be like make the work right. go to where you can make your work and make it happen again like you know we interviewed Sam Pingleton you know the choreographer for Natasha Pierre what as an artist is so inspiring about that show to me is that it's development that we've witnessed from Ars Nova to the run which recently closed so sadly was that it was in some state of production mm-hmm. and evolution in front of a paying audience right. For almost every step of that journey mm-hmm. since the Ars Nova premiere and, and different I mean and, like every yeah. like environment and was different yeah, not every show can do that. No. Not every show is built that way. But to me, that's the dream of development. Yeah. That's, you, you know, that's that's inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we cannot thank you enough for putting this out there. And I know that uh, just not only now, but I know years to come, people are going to be looking at this as what was exactly happening in the contemporary musical theater scene. And what an exciting time to be writing this yeah. because musical theater is changing and it's becoming more prominent again and uh, this is a very valuable resource if you're in the industry now pick it up once again musical theater today available for $25 from the drama bookshop or amazon.com it's i'm still kind of I want you to raise your price, but Peter I don't want you to ER, raise your price. Peter ER for all yeah. of those Amazon <laughs> searchers. Yeah. When we were talking about that pricing, too, one of the things for me was like I see so many uh, shows in, in development and in the works kind of series at New York Theater Barn, at yeah. Musical Theater Factory, both of whom we featured here. Right. But I was like, I want it to be about the price of admission for one of those developmental events. Wow. I want it yeah. to be re- I want it to be accessible to that group of people. That's yeah. like that was the baseline for me. Um, and also connect with us on social media. Oh, musical theater What's your today. Media? Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, it's all it's all on the website. But musical theater today. Type it into Twitter. Theater um, er. Theater, theater er. er. Exactly. Twitter. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we'll and tweet at you and do all yeah, that. Please stuff do. Too, so and, and do you have personal Twitters and stuff that you put out there? Or yes. Yeah. So what yeah. are they? Totally. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Yonkers International Press, which is actually the publisher of this publication. Great. So Yonkers International Press. That's Ben and Lucas. I'm a uh, Tahiru Zaman. It's my middle name. At on Twitter? Yes. Great. And can I just tack on one tiny yes. little thing? Uh, earlier I mentioned a Lincoln Center uh, artist in residence, and I, did, I neglected to mention the name, so I just wanted to add uh, Michael R. Jackson is that artist, yes. and we are so proud yes, to be able to include him in this publication. If anyone in New York, he has a show on Monday. All Which right. will probably be after this is aired, before Oh, that's aired. true. Yeah. Yeah. But Michael's never going away because he's that good. So no, if you miss so Monday, good. don't worry about yep. it. Yep. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you so much for going to all of this great work. And we cannot wait for the second copy to come out. Yeah. In they, a year, not six months. Uh, <laughs> ah! Nine months. Have a life again. Less than a year. Less we'll, wait, than a year. we'll wait patiently. Yes, we'll wait patiently. I'll just keep reading this over and over again. And now, hey, they brought Kevin his own copy. Know, thank so you, happy. Lucas and Ben. Oh, well, thank you, thank, thank you, you, thank you. This yeah. has been a delight. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Can't wait. And readers, once you take a take a read, tweet at us. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, please. It's a great dialogue starter. That's yeah. the plan. Come yeah. on over. Awesome. Congrats, guys. Thank you. Thank you. 
Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.